basically save money. Um, and once you have enough money, uh, it's kind of called like F you money. Where yeah. if you save up enough money, you'd be like, F you job, <laughs> F you boss, <laughs> F you society. I'm going to sell everything and then just live off this little bit of money and figure out what you want to do with your life. Welcome to the On Fire Podcast, Episode 9, with your hosts, Matt and Kellen. On Fire is a weekly podcast where we discuss financial independence, life hacking, frugality, minimalism, and living within your means. Reviews. You guys are tired of me begging for reviews. I get it. But I thought we had something special, and yet you still haven't left us a review. WTF. In today's episode, we interviewed Tom Forsythe. Tom just got back from a six-month mini-retirement and has some insights to share about his sneak preview into early retirement. It's so interesting the different options that the FIRE community has at our disposal. Honestly, far too many people think that there's one cookie-cutter approach. But no, that, that's the best part about financial independence is it's a choose-your-own-adventure. It's interesting how most people are wanting to retire after, say, 30 years of working, and then we have the FIRE community that wants to retire in 5 to 10, but then there's this small subset of people in the FIRE community who want many retirements along the way. I think it's a really good way to learn about themselves and really figure out what they'll want when they do enter their early retirement. We're so excited to share this episode with you guys that I think we just want to jump into it right now. So welcoming to the On Fire podcast, Tom Forsythe. Tom is a contractor, a real estate investor, and a traveler of the world. Tom is chasing a different type of financial independence with aspirations to live a more nomadic lifestyle and experience the world without needing to wonder how he's going to afford the next night at a hotel or the next dinner with a friend that he just met. Tom has a bank of knowledge with experience to share from the perspective of a contractor working for real estate investors while being an investor himself and balancing the journey to financial independence with many retirements along the way. So thanks for joining us, Tom. Yeah, yeah. thanks for joining, Tom. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. So we'll dive into this more later, but could you just give us kind of a one-minute summary of what's happened for you over the last year? Um, basically, with over the last year, um, I had one rental property that I fixed up myself, and after meeting up with a, guy, a bunch of investors here in town, I learned about um, the refinancing of the place. So basically, I refinanced my place, I got a big check um, from the bank, and I basically used that to travel the world for the last five months. Um, I've traveled to 10 different countries. Um, I saw a lot of cool things, a lot of great experience, and I loved every minute of it. And now I'm committed to um, save as much money as I can and get an investment nest egg and then use that money basically to travel all year. Um, and I've done some of the math to figure out how much I need. And now I have a goal. Um, in my head that I need to acquire and then eventually yeah I can choose where I want to live anywhere in the world um, as long as it's in financial feasible and yeah that's my that's my plan for the next 10, 10 years <laughs> that's awesome I love that yeah so back to the roots can you walk us through your background and how you came to discover the idea of financial independence um, basically it's all come down to networking and a lot of self-education through reading books, blogs, uh, a lot of podcasts. Um, even on my trip, I went through dozens of, of podcasts and, uh, personal finance books. Um, so it's all, yeah, the, the information is out there. You just have to just read it, learn it, listen to it. And, uh, somebody's already done what I want to do. And you just need to find those people and follow uh, what they've done. Basically. That's awesome. Was there kind of a gateway book or blog or video or um, podcast? 
the travel or the personal finance? Yeah, either. Um, for the finance, it was it was definitely Mr. Money Mustache with the uh, the simple math to retire early. Yes, one shockingly classic, simple. The, like shockingly simple, you can retire in I think it was fifteen years if you save half your income. You can retire in like eight years if you save sixty percent. Yeah. So it, it's a percentage too. So it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's just save half your money and you can retire. In, it's in such a powerful years. idea, right? Yeah, it, it's yeah. Um, and then for the travel, um, I read uh, the book Vagabonding. Um, that was I, I read that on this trip. That was that was a good one. Um, it's basically just travel slowly. You don't have to rush it. You don't want to be the type of person who wants to see ten different countries in six days, where you're just going crazy. Yeah. You want to take it slow. You want to uh, visit these cities and just enjoy it. At your own pace. Um, I think that's that's the big challenge people have is where do they get that time, right? That's yeah, that's the the big the big deal. Um, basically, you need to like um, basically save money, um, and once you have enough money, uh, it's kind of called like fu money, where yeah. if you save up enough money, you be like fu job, <laughs> fu boss, <laughs> fu society. I'm gonna sell everything and then just live off this little butt bit of money and figure out what you want to do with your life. Yeah, and that's actually a great segue into our next question. So you've had you've both been employees while self-employed. Yep. So like, which do you prefer, and what are some advantages or disadvantages you've kind of experienced? Uh, personally, I like being uh, self-employed. Um, I'm able to pick the jobs I want to do now. Um, there's, I just basically started the company last year, and I spent five months of it traveling the whole world, so I'm, I don't have too much experience uh, running my own business. Um, but I like the freedom that I get for being my own boss. Um, I did have a job working for my brother before that and got a little dicey just because when your brother's your boss and <laughs> your brother is your... Yeah, exactly. How do you find motivation? Like, like I found for myself, any of my self-employment type work, I found myself way more motivated than I was when I'm working for somebody else or when I was in school or anything like that, how, how do you find your self-motivation? Uh, yeah, you're definitely more motivated when um, you're working for yourself um, because you're not working for the man because you, you are the man. <laughs> if you don't work, then yeah. That's cool. So the trip that you just took, was that a, a practice run of financial independence or was that a mini retirement? How would you describe it? It, in, it like, definitely turned into what I want to do. Um, it was basically an unplanned, no itinerary um, trip. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know how long I was going to go. Um, it's just, you, I just made the choices in the moment. You lived in the moment and like, okay, I'm going to go to this city. And then you just go there and you see what's there. And then when you're done there, you just open up a map and then you're like, okay, what's the next closest city? Okay, I'll go there. And then, uh, yeah, it's just very nomadic. Um, you. Uh, the key is being flexible. Basically, being flexible allows you to get cheaper tickets, cheaper flight tickets, uh, cheaper bus tickets, um, cheaper like hotel stays. Uh, I'd sail in a lot of hostels, um, and there's definitely there's the technologies out there for hostels like Hostel World app. Basically, you just enter a city and it shows you all the oh, hostels. Yeah. It tells you what's that called again? Hostel World. Okay. And that's basically how I found all my places to stay. It's all full of reviews. People tell you what's good or bad. Um, I think there's a really big point there that I just kind of want to double down on. You mentioned being flexible. Yeah. And so I think being flexible is just so important. And I think 
the key, and correct me if I'm wrong, to being flexible is not having preconceived notions, not having set expectations. Oh, I had no expectations for this trip. So if you, if you set your expectations low, then you can never be disappointed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. And so like not a lot of people would, like not a lot of people have thought about doing what you've done, let alone actually taking the leap and started <laughs> doing it. So yep. we're kind of curious, like, uh, have you always been comfortable approaching life in kind of a unique way? Like, have you always marched to your own drummer? Um, I would say yes. But yeah. so like it like what was kind of the reaction from friends and family when you told them that you were going to? Oh, you're crazy! What are you, <laughs> what are you doing this? You're you're quitting a job and you're just traveling the world. But they they're all I bet they're all a little jealous because um, basically I got to travel the world. I didn't have to, I didn't have any stress about money or anything because I knew I had a bunch saved up. I knew any problem that came up, I'd be like visa. Get me out of this uh, <laughs> Trump shithole country, um, and yeah, I had no stress um, about about work or money or finances because I knew I had enough fu money saved up. Yeah. So what what did you say to people? Did you say I'm going on a trip for X period of time? Did you say that I'm going? I don't know when when I'm coming yeah, back. Yeah, I'm leaving on a jet plane. I don't know when I'll be back again. <laughs> basically, you know what I love about this? Like you're gonna do this again, and oh. you know this first time you told your family, and they're like, "You're crazy. This is nuts." And then now you've come back. You've all these amazing stories to tell people, and they're a little bit envious. Yeah. And you're gonna do it again, and all of a sudden people are gonna start realizing. This isn't just a fluke. This is something that people can do. Yeah, it's a global arbitrage. Is basically being able to work in uh, places that have lower costs of living. So basically, you can travel around and live in these places where you can live, like in Thailand, you can live off a thousand dollars a month easy. Uh, Eastern Europe, you can live off around that too. Like it's about finding these places with the lower cost of living that still livable um places like here in canada i don't i honestly don't see myself living here um indefinitely i'm definitely going to travel to the cheaper parts of the world which means i'm able to save more money because my cost of living is lower tim ferris um, has talked about that the idea of earning in western dollars and then spending in oh, pesos yes the the conversion rates for some countries is just is just crazy my favorite country was definitely hungary i was in budapest for a bit and like you can get a beer for 80 cents. You can get a slice of pizza for $1.25. You can get a shawarma for 2 or $3. And yeah, the ho the hostels were, were super cheap and it's... Wow. Yeah. Like, so how did you how did you decide on the length and the time and, and, and your budget? Uh, I just live in the moment. You just live day by day. If you like it, you keep going. If you're fed up with it, you just book a flight home and you, I could have went, came home at any point like even I, I got homesick um like quarter of the way through and i'm like okay i need to figure out when i'm gonna get home because i've been traveling for the last i think it was five months or four months at that time and i was like okay i'm just gonna book all my flights so that i have an idea in my head when i was when i was gonna be home so what was it like when when you did get back what was it like um to to get back in the swing of things and like did you have a new sense of motivation did you like now the goal that was was that much clearer or it was just that much more difficult to get back to work or what was your um i'm still having motivation issues of getting back to work because <laughs> i'm still kind of in vacation mode um but it's definitely ingrained the idea um of being able to travel uh year round if um because the trip the trip cost me about 15 grand 
um, for five months of traveling. Um, I do. I did break that. I did record all the numbers. Um, and there's definitely ways I could make it even lower next time. Like there's two thousand dollars in gear, which next trip I don't have to buy the backpack or, or buy all that stuff. That's amazing um, though. Fifteen grand. So, for so yeah, five that's months. only thirty thousand dollars a year. So that's definitely lean fire. Yeah. Right yeah. there. Um, so using the the four percent rule, that's seven hundred fifty thousand dollars I need saved up. And if I want to save that in ten years, I have to somehow make save seventy five grand. But if you have that goal in your head, the money just shows up. Like if and you to, have, if you visualize what you want, the world will give it to you. The world conspires <laughs> to help you succeed in your goals. You just have to have the goal. That that's a great uh, yeah great perspective. And so just circling back to that fifteen thousand dollar amount. Yeah. Was that like the moment you stepped on the plane? Did you know I'm going to spend only fifteen thousand? Did uh, I Did you have it set aside in a savings account? I know a lot of our listeners are, a lot of us are very, you know, engineer oriented. We'd like yep. to really plan and have spreadsheets. How? I'm not a spreadsheet guy. Um, I don't know how to use Excel too well. <laughs> so it, basically, um, a lot of the money was just sitting in bank accounts. Um, when I got the check, I did some hard money lending with some of it. And then the rest was just sitting in a basic uh bank account it wasn't really optimized for investing or whatever yeah so a lot of it was just a checkings account um, on a high level can you talk a bit more about about hard money lending and your experience with it um and like would you would you advise other people to do this as well uh once again it's another thing where it's, it's good to be flexible um you can basically find um business owners or real estate investors who are looking for money for their projects and you basically just loan them a bunch of money they give you a piece of paper saying hey i'll pay you back at this interest rate and you just hope hope he does so it's a little it's definitely a lot riskier than um like a government issued bond or something like that but the, the interest rates are a lot higher than you would find anywhere else um and yes yeah, so you just have to be flexible um get the contracts in order of when you're going to get paid and exactly how much um yeah and yeah and so talking about, so you created this plan to travel, yep. what, what actually made it a reality for you? So you kind of talked already at the high level that you refinanced a rental property, yep. but uh, talk about maybe a little bit more of your lifestyle leading up to it. So we know you're a big fan of bicycles. Uh, yeah, so I've always been pretty frugal. Um, I grew up the youngest of four. Uh, I was raised by a single mom and my dad, I, got, I visited my dad every other weekend. Um, so basically my mom was super hardworking. She worked multiple jobs. So I got a great work ethic um, from her. Um, and then I've always, like, I, my first job, I was like a paper boy. So I've pretty much damn near always had a job. So I, did, I delivered papers for six years. So that was a great foundation of managing money at a young age, because uh, I never got allowance. I never got handouts from my parents. I had to buy all my own things, so I was always managing my own um, funds from an early age, which I think is huge. Um, my kids, they're not going to get shit. <laughs> yeah. um, they're not getting money or anything. I will teach them about money, but I'm not giving them anything. Um, and yeah, so I watched my parents. Uh, my dad is an entrepreneur. He started his own business, um, so there, that was a good inspiration there. Um, now both my other brothers are entrepreneurs too. They both have their own businesses. So it's kind of running the family um, to basically work hard, um, try to make your own business. And I've always been really frugal. Uh, we were like lower middle class growing up. Um, so we always had 
food and, and shelter and everything, but we never had any extras. Um, so I've always uh, worked hard. I've learned how to save money. Um, I uh, rode a bicycle until I was 26. Because um, I, I... But you didn't I, have a vehicle until you were 26. I didn't have a vehicle until I was 26. I basically biked around everywhere... Um, bummed rides around and, well, and I always chipped in on gas though I wasn't let's dive into that a bit further because a lot of our listeners are going to be familiar with Mr. Money Mustache yeah. huge fans of his and so talk about doing the renovations on your rental property with a bicycle <laughs> yeah so I, I bought a house uh, it was a handyman special it was the house is 120 years old nothing square level everything needed to be gutted out um, and I was, was working in construction as a carpenter um, so I would basically work my full-time job and then on evenings and weekends I would work on this house so it took me ten, 10 months of renovating um, I didn't have a truck or anything um, I would have to ride my bicycle to the the building supply store order everything plus a little bit get it delivered to the house um, and I did all the work myself um, over 10 months um, it was definitely a huge learning experience. So I had to get, I pulled permits, so I, I learned all the whole process of dealing yeah. with the city and all that, <laughs> how much of a nightmare that is. It, it certainly can be. Um, yeah, and the renovation budget was blew out of the water because, like, oh, I'm already gutting this room. Let's just gut the next room. And I basically spent all my money um, on it, and then I had to spend every paycheck basically for the 10 months of. Okay, the next paycheck, I'll buy the insulation. The, the paycheck after that, I'd buy the drywall or, or how, however it worked out. Um, hmm. And yeah, so I renovated a house with the bicycle. Um, I eventually got it rented out. And then I used uh, the first and last month's rent to buy myself a truck. So then um, renovations after that were, got a lot easier once you're able to yeah. pick up your own stuff. So what were you doing for your living situation at that time? Because you bought a house, you were renovating it for 10 months. Where were you yep. living? What was your situation? What was your plan um, there? My, my sister in 2001 moved into an apartment in downtown London. Um, she was paying like 400 bucks a month and she became really good friends with the landlord. So basically she lived there for five years and then my oldest brother took over the, the lease, paying the same amount for five years or so. And then I took it. Um, after that and I lived there for six or seven years um, so we had the same landlord same apartment um, my rent was only five hundred dollars uh, a month all-inclusive for right downtown London which was crazy yeah it was it was perfect so my cost of living was really low um, even the mortgage on the house was um, three hundred and eighty dollars <laughs> for this house that's awesome um, so the costs to maintain my rent and maintain the house was pretty low uh, I was making decent money at the time so I just threw all my money at the house and and to be clear for anyone listening this isn't the case for everyone in London Ontario like a, a mortgage is very often gonna be double that and rent oh, is very easy. often gonna be double that yeah. you were able to manufacture a situation where you're able to live for this cheap and and get your rental income from yep. a property that had a mortgage that small just because of strategic decisions yeah yeah it was definitely some strategic decisions and i've lived a pretty privileged life where a lot of my advantages i have no control over that's that's being what means being privileged because I, I knew my brother who lived in this place and he gave it to me i had no control over that i just 
luckily had a sibling mm-hmm. that had a good place to live. Um, it's really interesting, though. I, I think that just to re-highlight that for our listeners, a lot of people think that either you're all in on real estate or you're not. So mm-hmm. they naturally assume that if you're going to be a landlord, that you're naturally going to own the property that you're going to live in. But you're essentially highlighting or uh, living what Grant Cardone's constantly preaching about never, you know, never own the where you live. Right. You oh yeah, I'm yeah, I'm a renter. I would I highly doubt I'll buy a house just for myself. Um, real estate um, is yeah is I would rather be more flexible. Once again, it goes back to the travel thing, where um, I can just say, "Sorry, landlord, I'm moving out. Yeah, I'm going to go live in Eastern Europe for the next half a year, and then I don't have to worry about a mortgage payment on my own house." Yeah, and so talking about going to live in Eastern Europe for half a year. How did you manage your rental property while you were away? I think that a lot of landlords yeah, think that they're that tethered was, I geographically. Got, I got so lucky with an amazing tenant. Um, she's a fantastic girl. Uh, basically, I, I was still in contact with email. So any issues she had, she would just email me and I would just um, email her back on what needs to be done. But over the five months, I didn't really have any issues at all. She wanted a new microwave installed. so. Um, she went on Kijiji, bought an above-range microwave. I had a handyman in place, and I just sent them both an email. And then he installed it, and then she just took the money off rent, and she was happy, and I was sitting on a beach in Croatia. <laughs> That's so awesome. So in, I guess a lot of our listeners are landlords or aspiring landlords. Yep. Any tips for them on how to either find that amazing tenant or on how to manage your property when you're out of country? Uh, a lot of it's luck to find, <laughs> find good tenants. Like when I was finding the the tenant i had over 30 people interested in the place um and so some of that luck of having that much interest was probably yes, the fact that, that you def- renovated the property oh, yeah, to such a high standard yeah from the before and after videos that i got um mm-hmm. might be able to share the link on the notes actually yeah. so is. just not to interrupt but uh just for anyone that's listening that knows my youtube channel Literally, the reason I started my YouTube channel was that I'd seen Tom's initial before video, and he just did it on his cell phone. He just yeah. walked through the property, and he's just narrating a little bit about the property. And yeah. like it was like a two, three, maybe four-minute video. Yeah. But in that period of time, I felt like I completely understood that property, that I completely understood what he was going to do with it. And I was just like, oh, my goodness, like this medium, I need to jump into this. And yeah. to go even more full circle, this video you posted on Bigger Pockets, and that was yep, at a time when all of us had just started, started meeting each to, other. Yeah, yeah, working, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's how it all came to happen. Um, <laughs> basically, I didn't know anything about investing before I bought this house. I worked instructions like, oh, I'll buy a house and fix it up myself and somehow profit along the way. <laughs> um, so I bought this house, fixed it up. Um, but then I rented out and I was broke and my credit cards were maxed out. So I was like, uh, how do I come up with the money for the next down payment? And I had no idea how to do that. Um, and then I heard on the radio, they're, um, flipping Boston was the oh, okay. name of the TV show. They were like, oh, they're coming to London. It's like, you want to know how to finance real estate deals? Come to our seminar. I'm like, yeah, I want to know how to finance real estate deals. Um, how do so, people afford this? Yeah, exactly. I was broke. And, well, yeah, I was broke because I invested all my money into this property. Um, so, yeah, I went to the free seminar. Um, I was inspired to go to the paid seminar, which was $2,000 for a weekend course. Um, and I took this course, and they taught me all the basics from wholesaling to finding the deals to finance them. They were really big on credit cards. They're like, oh, I have 27 credit cards. I buy houses with credit cards. I'm like, 
how the hell do you do that? <laughs> uh, I don't recommend that, but that was wow. just one stra- yeah, strategy. They, they'd write you a check with the credit card checks. They write yourself oh, okay. a check, yeah. so then you get the money into your bank account, then you use that money as the down payment, and then you just pay it off once you're done the done Interest. The wow. Um, but yeah, lots well, high interest. So in general, that uh, that uh, course or that weekend seminar you went to, yep. uh, it sounds like you feel like you got value from it? Uh, I definitely got value. It definitely motivated me. Um, I basically took that course, took all these notes, and then I went on Reddit um, and I posted, hey, I just paid all this money for this course. I'm going to give you all this information I learned for free. Take it. Do what you want oh, with cool. it. Oh, cool. Wow. And then someone posted, they're like, oh, hey, sorry to bust your bubble, but if you go to this website called biggerpockets.com, you can learn all this stuff you just learned for free. <laughs> I was like, ah, shit. Okay. Um, yeah, so then I found Bigger Pockets, started listening to the podcast, and that's where I found the local meetup group here in London when it just started. Yeah. I think it was like... It, we were like day one. Day, yeah. yeah, day one. So it was the perfect timing. You know what I love about this is you went and you took this course and you're like, I want to give, I want to give, yeah. right? So you went on, on Reddit and you're like, I want to share all this information with the world. Yep. And you did. And somebody else decided, I want to share this website, Bigger Pockets, And they were giving. And then you go on Bigger Pockets, and one of the first things you do is post your video and share with people yep. your experience with your renovation. Yep. Matt learns from it. Yeah. Matt's now doing the same thing. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's giving. And all it's, all, all it's resulting in is them, is them like getting things, right? They, 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 their life yeah. gets that much better when yeah, they give that much more. Yeah, it's better to give, for sure. So, you had your rental uh, property income while you were away. Did you have any yep. other other streams of income while you were traveling, like passive or otherwise? Um, it was like the hard money lending. Um, I had a bunch of money invested there. Yeah. Um, I lent some money to some other investors. Um, but other than that... Did you work for anything while you were away, or was this purely uh, like, I'm not going to no, work? No, I didn't, I didn't work the... I met a girl in Ireland. I stayed at her place. Um, I did a little work. The landlord came over with a toilet seat. He's like, oh, I'm double parked out front. I don't have time to install a toilet seat. Can you do it? I'm like, yeah, I can do that. (laughs) Plenty of toilet seats. Uh, But the European European toilets are a little different. I was literally just going to make a joke. Yeah, yeah, they're a little bit different where you can't screw the nuts below. Um, There's no access. So basically you have to use a plug to screw the bolts into. But the toilet seat he brought me wasn't designed for this toilet. So I had to go to the store, and then they were like 50 euros for a oh, goddamn shit. toilet seat. Wow. I didn't want to spend the money on it until he confirmed that he wanted a new toilet. Um, <laughs> and then the, the plugs for this new toilet seat didn't fit in the holes, so I had to go back to the hardware store for the third time. So You're getting a little bit of PTSD. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was three trips to install one toilet seat. and Post-toilet. Yeah. But no, I didn't really work on this trip. Um, I had a few people, an Airbnb lady found out that I'm a carpenter. She's like, oh, do you want to install some flooring upstairs? And I'm like, no, I'm on vacation. Sorry. Maybe later. Um, That's awesome. Um, and so while saving up for your trip, uh, where were some areas you kind of focused on to create savings? So we talked about, you know, you kept your transportation costs low. We yep. also know you kind of keep your food costs low, right? Uh, yeah. One of my biggest savings is, is to, to learn how to cook. Like, um, I've always liked to cook. I watch a lot of uh, uh, TV shows on it, the Food Network I love. Um, and once you learn how to cook, you can make all your delicious own meals. Like, I make a lot of takeout dishes like pizza and, and tacos and whatever. And if you can buy it for a fraction of the cost than you would be for going out. Um, 
So that's how I saved a lot of money there. Transportation now, I, I, I have my own truck and I just, every time I have to spend more money in the truck, I'm just like, oh, I really don't want to spend the money on this damn liability. <laughs> but as a carpenter, you need it. That's, that's, yeah. my, that's my dilemma. It's a tool of the trade, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, do you have a goal or a milestone for your financial independence number? Or do you prefer the idea of kind of working off and on rather than like just pure delayed gratification until you're financially independent? Um, yeah, I do have a number now. Now that I did the, the trip around the world, um, it cost me 15 grand for half a year. So that means I need $30,000 a year of passive income. That's either going to come from more rental properties or just um, investing in index funds. Um, I did a lot of reading on index funds and they're flipping amazing. You just basically throw your money in a, in a fund and it makes you a bunch of money and there's like little risk. Um, there's uh, volatility, but the risk is, is low. Um, so yeah, my goal is to make $30,000 a year of passive income and that's enough money for me to travel um, around the world. I think like we, we, we've touched upon like the 4% safe withdrawal rate before. Um, we've touched upon ETFs and, and uh, index funds. I think there's only really so much to say. Like that's, that's what you need to do. You find your number yep. and, and save to that number. And you know, it, we, t- we tend to talk a lot about real estate because of the people that we're you know, involved yep. with, but like, you can do this any way you want. You can earn money any oh, way you want. You yeah. can long term. I don't want any real estate. I don't. I don't want to deal with the tenant calls or anything like that. Once you have enough mo- actual money invested in the stock fu- stock market, it's just all passive. It's just you yeah. don't have to worry about anything, no breaking no capital expenses, nothing like that. Real estate will help you get there quicker, but long term, I don't really want to own. This is, a, this is a reoccurring theme I tend to hear often. We've had Michael Rosehart on the podcast. That's a big thing that he's into right now. He had up to 15 properties. He's down. He's getting down closer. His goal is to get down to four. Yeah. And he wants to take all of that money, put it into index funds, and live on passive income. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like it's not all about how you're earning your money. Like, yeah, a lot of us are earning our money in real estate, but the end goal is to, is to have money in an ETF and live, live passively for a lot of us. Yeah. And so maybe switching gears now a little bit, let's talk about the travel some more. So I know that probably a lot of our listeners all aspire to maybe travel the world to experience what you experienced. So before we start barraging you with a bunch of questions, uh, is there a particular story or experience you'd like to share with the audience just in general about your travels? Uh, I just want to say traveling is an amazing, humbling experience. You get to see how other people live in different countries. You get to appreciate all the opportunities you have in your home country. Like uh, I was in Africa for 10 days and you just see um, the opportunities they have aren't, aren't very good. Like um, Where in Africa? Uh, I was in Senegal. Uh, Dakar is the city Um, and basically you just see um, poverty you see people um, basically selling peanuts on the side of the road um, to peoples and vehicles Um, but for there's like one guy selling peanuts there's 50 other guys selling the exact same bag of peanuts um, to each other and it's just like if that's the only opportunity you have in life that's that's hard to 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 get get on um, so I'm very thankful that, that is and grateful mm-hmm. that I was born in this country and have all the opportunities um, I've had. So travel, I have, I have nothing to complain about. I, I eat three meals a day. I have electricity, running water, 
all the things you take for granted um, when you, when you live here and then when you get to travel the world you see that not everyone has the same advantages um, as I do so it's definitely humbling to travel yeah yeah I think like anyone in North America in general you're gonna be you're gonna be dealt a better hand than a lot of than yeah. a lot of these other countries yep and I mean you take that you take that hand you do what you can with it yep so did you have any tips for fellow aspiring world travelers how can they travel on a budget um well just, just stay in hostels um try to find hostels that have uh their own food um servicing like uh, little kitchens so a lot of my trip i cooked all my own food i lived off tortillas rice peanut butter um i traveled with a french press a little uh camping one that was all metal so basically i was able to make my own coffee uh well that's that saved me so much because i'm addicted to the stuff so i need <laughs> coffee every day and when you're spending two or three dollars on coffee and takeout it just adds up to so much so i was able to make my own coffee the whole trip um which that's it alone saved me a bunch of money that's a really um, interesting tip i don't think a lot of people would ne necessarily think of that how did you come to that conclusion that the french press was something you needed to bring with you or i i always use one at home so I always, i'm very familiar with how they work um, yeah you basically just need boiling water in the french press and you can make coffee and this is coming from i think more from like the camping world right like yep yeah, yeah it was a canadian tire purchase for like 12 dollars or whatever oh, wow. it was huh. so it was cheap you can get them on amazon or whatever yeah yeah um but yeah being flexible with your travel dates is is key um picking cheap flights um on a tuesday is better than on a friday type thing um hmm. yeah that flexibility really adds to the the cost yeah were you living out of a backpack throughout this time or like what were you uh yeah basically i lived out of a backpack for five months i had three shirts four shorts maybe a pair of jeans a couple pairs of underwear and yeah so i had like oh what am i going to wear today the black shirt the gray shirt or the white shirt <laughs> pick one whatever one smelled the least worst i guess and so how did you determine what all to pack like so other than say your basic clothing needs what else yep. did you bring along with you other than the french press uh, like did you bring a laptop with you uh no laptop i just had a phone um my next trip i definitely definitely gonna invest in a, in a good laptop um because i just wish i just had one but i i, I kind of like i play video games a lot so i was like i'm gonna go on this trip and not play yeah any video games and, right and do all that but i was still playing video <laughs> games on my phone so it didn't <laughs> really solve anything like, i still love playing them so that that'll never stop anyways we've, we've uh, talked a bit about a lot actually about minimalism on this podcast did this change your mindset in terms of minimalism like i can live out oh, of a backpack now. yes since i've come back i'm like i don't want to buy any material items like i just moved into an apartment and i'm like I don't really want to buy a couch because I might not need it forever. Um, so I'll get a free couch. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. But I don't feel like I want to spend money on a couch. Um, even um, like a bookcase. I built one myself out of some clearance lumber from Rona. Um, and then I built a bunch of other things. And then I actually uh, I took my hammock and strung it up in the apartment. I was able <laughs> to uh, put some holes in the wall and put some eye hooks and then just strung up the hammock. I'm like... Oh, now that's, that, that's my couch. Like, it's, <laughs> it sucks for other people who want to come over and hang out. I have a side story. When I was renting in an apartment building, I, I hung up my hammock as well. I, it's a backpacking hammock. And I tied it into the wall. Like, I put up an eye bolt in the wall. And I thought it was a stud that I, that oh. I, that I got into. <laughs> but it was just, like, strapping in the wall. Yeah. So I laid down on the hammock. And I was like, oh, this is so great. I'm so comfortable. And then all of a sudden, I heard... 
and then the wall just came uh, crashing down. Yeah. There was like yeah. this five, like a five foot hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah, that's the advantage of being a carpenter is you usually can find studs. I learned how to drywall that day. So. Uh, did, did I, didn't, ever, I didn't want to tell my landlord. I was going to say, did the landlord ever find out? No, the landlord never found out. But honestly, yeah. like, if I, me as the landlord, I wouldn't, I would, if they fixed it and painted the wall out. Oh, yeah. Be Don't worry, I'll, I'll fill all the holes when I leave. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. Um, so Tim Ferriss talks about earning Western dollars while spending your money in, say, pesos. Yep. Um, where are some of the cheapest places you found to travel? Or where would you make, uh, or where do you think would make for an interesting fire location if someone wanted to retire somewhere out of North uh, America? Basically, the cheapest country I was in uh, would definitely be Thailand. Um, you can rent a fully furnished apartment through Airbnb for 20 to $25 a night. Wow. Um, you can go to the restaurant down the street and get chicken pad thai for a dollar twenty-five, dollar fifty. Um, I got a full course Indian meal with with the naan, the rice, the butter chicken, and a beer for seven dollars. Huh. Um, so the cost of living there um, is cheap. It's like a third um, to a quarter of the cost. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Wow. But you don't have all the amenities um, as you would would here. That's the the trade off. Um, Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe was really cheap, um, like Hungary, Croatia, same thing. Eighty cents for a beer, a dollar twenty-five for pizza. It was wow. Um, yeah, so I can definitely see myself living um, somewhere else other than Canada because um, we have winter, and winter <laughs> kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, it's it's good in moments. But Another I, humbling experience. Yeah, it so makes you enjoy summer that much more. Yeah, I mean, the older I get, the older winter gets. As far as <laughs> yeah. um, it was fun when I was a kid, but I don't know about yeah. four so, or five so months of it. While you were traveling, did you like how closely did you watch your spending? Did you did you decide how did you decide when it was time to splurge, when it was time to save? Um, I was very cost conscious on where I was spending my money. Um, basically, it was always like the second cheapest hostel or i i didn't eat out a lot so i was able to save tons of money just being able to cook um a lot of the excursions that you can get for like tours and stuff um i would look online to see like there's a game of thrones is huge so there's a lot of game of thrones filming locations all over the world um but you can go on a guided tour for a hundred dollars or you can just go online and find out where the spots they actually filmed and you can just walk there yourself and take the same pictures you would on the tour um, Another great example of getting the same experience everyone else gets for a fraction of the cost, if not free. Yeah, exactly. What's it like to travel alone? Um, so, and have, what was your experience with travel before this? Maybe that's a better spot to start. Yeah, so four years ago, um, I did another backpacking trip for uh, two months. Uh, a friend of mine said, hey, do you want to go to me with Southeast Asia for... Uh, um, for two months? And I said, yeah, sure, let's, let's do it. So basically, once again, I kind of quit my job but I got the job back when I came back anyways um, and that was the first real adventure uh, me and a good longtime friend went to Thailand and Vietnam Cambodia um, and Laos um, and that was my first trip away out of Canada uh, it was a fantastic ex experience it's it's planted the travel bug so yeah. that was that was the first trip um, but it was uh, the first first bit of it was with him 
Um, and then he eventually went home, and I did two weeks of solo travel. So that's when I got my first experience yeah. with, with traveling alone. Um, there's definitely advantages and disadvantages. Advantages, you can you can do whatever you want. You can wake up and leave. You can take a nap, and you don't have to worry about other people, what, what they want to do. Uh, disadvantages is it can be lonely at times. You go to restaurants and you eat alone type thing. Mm-hmm. So it can be kind of depressing at some points but then if you're staying in hostels you meet people you share stories and then you travel with them like oh i'm going to this national park oh i'll go with you tomorrow let's do it together and you just meet people and have great conversations um but i definitely do like the solo travel it was once again it's freedom and control um that's that's my why of why i want to do this is just to have control over what i do every day the choices i get to make i can make them myself without worrying about uh, like finances and everything it's just i'm in complete control of my day-to-day choices i can choose where i want to go yeah i want to stay what i want to do that's Uh, awesome and so what are your thoughts um let's say someone hasn't done a lot of travel before do you think should they leap right into solo travel themselves or should they do you think that ease it in with a friend did that i would do it with a friend first um so that you can bounce each ideas off each other on how to solve problems because there's problems that come up when traveling and most of it goes away if you have money um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um but yeah it's yeah if it's your first time backpacking i would recommend do it with somebody um, it depends on your personality too like sure. I'm, I'm an introvert um talking to people uh can be draining for me i regain my energy when i'm alone yeah yeah i would recommend travel with somebody first once you get the feel of it, then you can decide if it's yeah. solo. And so do you think, are there certain countries or areas or regions that are better to solo travel or to... Uh, or so I, really... I've, only, I've done Europe and basically Southeast Asia. Um, you can do solo, you can do groups and both. It, it really doesn't matter. Asia would probably be better for, for a partner, I would think. Just because it's, it's it very scammy. Everyone's out there to... Get your money. Just for safety and Just stuff, for right? Safety, yeah. Um, so now that you've essentially done the around the world trip, uh, is there certain things you would do differently now with hindsight? Uh, travel hacking. I've been listening to a podcast on um, on how to travel hack. Is basically credit card churning, where you sign okay. up for a credit yeah. card, you get the bonus miles. The podcast is for American credit cards, so sure. it's a little different than yeah. the one. I've, I've, still... I've done a fair amount of this myself, yeah. yeah so like in Canada, Aeroplan, but it's the same as like Air Miles or any of that. Sign up for a card, they give you a bunch of points, yeah. ride it out for a year, maybe you have to pay the first year fee or maybe the first year is free, yeah. cancel the card, re-sign up for somewhere else. Every yeah. two or three years, you can churn and get a new card. Yeah, so that would be a good travel hack. Booking flights in advance is always good for saving money. And so you guys have heard, we have a few reoccurring segments, and we decided we're going to bunch them together now, and so we're calling it the Fire 4. Fire 4. And so uh, the first one, uh, Tom, is Spreadsheet Junkie. So you kind of got into this earlier, but just so that we're clear, do you track your net worth? Do you budget? Do you track your daily expenses? How do you approach uh, tracking your finances, or Uh, do you? I don't have any personal spreadsheets. Um, I do have a Mint account that's linked yeah. all my investment accounts and bank accounts so I can see how much money is in there uh, for budgeting um, I actually do keep an app it's called CW money okay um, I've never heard of it it yeah basically you can put all your expenses into it. you can create little groups of what the actual expenses are mm-hmm. and it's a good way to itemize all your expenses and you just 
it's not linked to any of your accounts or anything, so it's all manual. Yeah. Um, but it, you push a button and it prints out a bar graph or a pie chart of where all your money's going. Um, I, so I really like that app. Um, definitely this year, I'm going to be cutting as much cost living expenses down as possible. Now that you have this kind of this goal, this I have a major goal, vision, I have to save seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> easy peasy. In ten years, at <laughs> seventy five grand a year, I don't even make that much, but. I have to <laughs> save that much money. So it gets easier once you start compounding. Right? Oh yeah, once you get halfway, the the other half's a lot quicker. So, do you have any guilty pleasures that you have in your day to day life? Is there something that you like to buy that maybe isn't the most frugal? Or uh, I like kitchen. I like tools. I am a carpenter, so I have very nice Dewalt tools. Um, I like spending money on things that make me money or things that'll save me money. So I'm. I'm I'm a big cook, so I have a lot of pots and pans, and uh, the Instant Pot is my new favorite appliance. I definitely recommend uh, you guys Google that. It's well, tell, tell us about that. What is that? Uh, basically, it's a, uh, a, an appliance that sits on your countertop, and it's a seven-in-one uh, cooker. It's a pressure cooker, slow cooker, rice maker, yogurt maker, uh, steamer, um, sterilizer, um, and you can basically, it's computerized, so you just punch in how long you want it to cook and it'll set all the pressure and everything. And it cooks in a fifth of the time it normally would. So you can take dried beans from your pantry, throw it in there with some stock and onion and some celery, and within 35, 45 minutes, you have perfectly cooked beans ready to eat. So it's definitely a, a frugality investment because you can buy all the barley and beans from dry and you just throw them in yeah super cheap right yeah yeah awesome and so actually our third question was going to be is there a tool you can't live without something to buy for life but it sounds like uh uh, well you can live without that um but okay so what's (laughs) what's a different tool that uh you maybe couldn't live without or something where you'd really spend a lot of extra money on this because it's something you're maybe going to keep with you on your journey throughout your life instead of that couch that you're not necessarily going to hold on to <laughs> a good hammock's good <laughs> um, but that's my personal taste yeah um, no that's, that's awesome. great so is there a frugality tip or a life hack that you'd like to share with the listeners in general uh the biggest one that saved me the most money is learn how to cook you can spend so much money eating out when it'll cost you a fraction of the cost to, to make it yourself and you like try to like I enjoy cooking so it's it's a real passion of mine so that's maybe why I like it so much not everyone likes to cook um, because every act of cooking means one act of cleaning so there's a lot of dishes and and all that but yeah learn to cook will save you thousands of dollars and any tips on how someone could learn to cook if they um where I learned all my stuff was a show called Good Eats with Alton Brown um I don't know you can download it illegally because I don't think you can find it on YouTube. Well, you can find it on YouTube, but it's all sure. uh, shitty yeah. episodes. Um, but he teaches you the science behind cooking. So it's not just how to cook something. It's the reason why you brown things or oh, the okay. chemical reactions that That's happen. Neat. So it's like scientific reasoning of why. You actually so you can then apply those principles to other situations. Yeah. I love that. And actually. You just know the basics of what's actually happening. And then you can take any vegetable or anything and just the same principles and you can cook anything cool that's a great tip so yeah i think uh just before we wrap up we usually like to ask our guests if there's a question they'd like to ask the audience um is there anything that comes to mind that you'd like to ask the fire community 
yeah, if you could, um, if you had the option of not living in Canada, which country would you prefer to live in? Um, I honestly would love Eastern Europe. I would love Hungary or Croatia just because the cost of living's so low. Um, and you're still close to everything with cheap airlines and everything like that. Um, so yeah, where would you live if you couldn't, didn't have to live in Canada? Awesome or, or your own home country. Or your own <laughs> yeah. Home country yes. yeah, that's a great question though. So anyone that wants to answer that question, you can jump over to the London on Fire Facebook group and we'll set up a poll question there where uh, we'll kind of aggregate everyone's answers and we'll let you know on the next podcast. So uh, where can people find you, Tom? Uh, in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> um, Are you on social media or uh, anything like that that you wanted to... I am on Instagram. I have, honestly, I don't remember when my... It's like people want to follow your life stories, right? Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun following you biking across yeah. uh, parts yeah. of Canada. Yeah, I did ride a bicycle from uh, Calgary to Vancouver on this trip, and that was absolutely amazing, awe-inspiring to see the mountains. And um, I honestly felt like I was moving mountains, like I was riding the bike, looking at these massive mountains, and they were just slowly moving. So I'm like, "Wow, I'm moving these mountains." It's <laughs> <laughs> just pedaling the bike. That's so cool. That's awesome. So uh, I'll we'll, post the link. To I was going to say uh, we'll link to uh, Tom's Instagram account. So those of you that really want to follow along this journey, you'll yeah. find it there. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, I think just thank you so much, Tom, for being on the show. This thank was you, fantastic. Uh, no, no problem. It was my pleasure. That was awesome. And now I kind of want to just drop everything and go travel. Yeah, I love the idea of through hiking, where somebody hikes from the beginning of a trail to the end. It takes like six months. It's something that's just incompatible with normal lifestyle. So that's one of my big goals in early retirement is to try out a through hike. And so one thing we want to do before we let you guys go is we're at episode nine now. We're kind of at an inflection point, And so we'd love to get your feedback. So jump over to the London on Fire Facebook group and we're going to create a poll there and let us know. Let us know what you're getting away from this podcast, what you'd like to see different. Is it too long? Is it too short? Do you want more of us, less of us? We want your feedback, so share it with us, please. And make sure to tune into the next On Fire podcast where Matt and I discuss our journey to financial independence. Thanks for listening. This is Matt and Kellen signing off. And until next episode, remember, being normal. Buying stuff doesn't make you happy. And always remember what Christopher McCandless said. The very basic core of a man's living spirit is his passion for adventure. The joy of life comes from our encounters with new experiences. And hence, there's no greater joy than to have an endless changing horizon for each day to have a new and different sun.